0: welcome and thank you for joining save our sisters unplugged if you're looking for a sisterhood of intelligent women to network with then this is a podcast for you we'll be letting our hair down and spilling all the tea on an array of topics and gain insight into what women really think my name is Noreen Foy boy and i'll be your host now let's get started Hey, hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Today's guest is an amazing woman. She is known as the money healer as she helps entrepreneurs and coaches create a great relationship with money. She is the founder of NFA No Fucking Around Money, the host of the NFA Money YouTube channel and the creator of the Money Blocks profile. It is my pleasure to introduce Dr. Amanda
1: Barientes. welcome, girlie. What's up? Hi, Noreen. How are you? I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm great. I'm so happy that you're here. You know, and I was like, you know what? Let's do this. I'm ready to do this because we were gonna do a cis chat initially, and I was like, we have spoken. I think I don't think we need a cis chat. Let's just get straight to the recording.
1: Oh yeah, right. I know. We we already jive. We know it exactly. <laughs>
0: so thanks for sitting with me today. And first of all. This is a no cussing podcast and right out of the gate, you got me saying the F word. I'm sorry, mama,
1: Dr. Amanda may do it. I know. I was wondering because I remember you saying that and I was thinking, I wonder if she's going to say it. And then you said, it, I'm like, oh, all right. It's like, she's down. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's funny because, you know, people will ask me about it all the time and I'm like, yes, it's in my company name, but I'm not like swearing a whole bunch in my business. You know, it's just a fun, <laughs> it's a fun, playful vibe, you know? And oh, I'm going to grab this journal on the floor because I wrote down, I did a talk this weekend uh, live, like a workshop. And I was like, you know, what does NFA stand for? Exactly. And I wrote it down because I was like, this is important. It's, it means you take radical responsibility for being the creator of your reality. So radical responsibility for being the creator of your reality and two, commit to being the most powerful, poised, prosperous person you can be by living in your zone of genius and then number three, recommit daily to number one and number two. Well, there and you that's, go. that's what NFA is all about, right? There so you it's, go. it's, it's, it's sure a ridiculous. great mantra
0: to live by. I am NFA today. I think I'm NFA too. I won't tell mommy that though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll have to use the F-ing yeah. part. Exactly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that works too.
0: So I know due to your life struggles, you were able to rebuild yourself, create your business and teach others how you did it. So let's go back to the very beginning. Uh, please share with my audience how you got started.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think all the greatest I was going to say love stories, but it's like, I I love my business. I love what I do in the world so much. And I always think the greatest love stories start with some sort of tragedy that you've got to overcome, like that hero's journey style. And it definitely started that way for me. Um, One night I was laying on the floor crying. So like basement floor, empty basement. I had left my 15 year marriage having an affair. My next relationship wasn't working. So my boyfriend had moved all of his stuff out of the basement And I'd spent the day on Craigslist looking for places to live. And I couldn't afford anything for me and my three kids. I was in grad school and I was already on food stamps. And all of the rents that I was looking for were more than my monthly income. And I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to be homeless. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I was on the floor crying, feeling very scared. Very sorry for myself and just going, No one's coming to save me. What am I going to do? And it was kind of amazing because in the moment that that was happening, I sat up and I remember thinking, you know, scanning my life course and going, Who's to blame? You know, and I'm like, I'm the one that has created this. This is my pattern, you know, and I thought, Okay, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to create healthy, attached, strong, loving relationships and make more money. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know where that declaration was going to lead me, but I said it and I felt it like in all of my soul. I was like, I got to change. I got to do something different. I'm tired of this reality. And the cool thing is that it led me to listening to podcasts because I was so busy already on the go all the time and didn't have a lot of money. So I'm like, I got to do something for free and I've got to learn on the go. So I would listen to podcasts when I was driving my kids to school, walking between my classes, walking to teach my classes, like washing the dishes. I just put them on 2X and started listening, oh, yeah. listening, listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything I was learning started to work. You know, I was like, wow, I'm starting to feel different and think differently and teach differently and parent differently. And it, you know, the other thing that I noticed is that all those podcasts were done by coach type people. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should become a coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because- a light bulb. Right. And it was cool because You know, the way the the world works magically, I often think is like at the same time that all this was happening for me, my department that I was earning my PhD in had this national news fallout where professors were leaving and everyone was stressed. And I was like, I don't think I want to be an academic anymore, which is what I'd been working for years to become. And I loved my research and I thought I want to finish my PhD, but I think I'm going to take the leap and become... An entrepreneur. And so I did it. And that first year I went six figures. So I went from wow. stamps to six figures in one year. Was, yes. And I, I like to give a caveat because I, the, I graduated and then we had a professor in our department pass away and they offered me his oh, no. honors classes. And so I thought, I don't know if my business is going to fly. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I, I took part-time teaching at the university as a professor and was building and going to networking events and stuff like that. And then in that next semester, they asked me, do you want to come back? And I was like, no way, I'm going all the way. So that first full-time year. So it was, it was a little bit more than a year, but it was pretty fast.
0: Oh yeah. You know, that was a good opportunity. And then of course, you know, when you're trying to go out on your own, you always want to have some, because then you have the kids. So you're like, yeah. I can't really go full on. I want to go full on, but I need this." this guaranteed income right on the side, just in case this, because you know, they say like, what, 80,
1: 80, 75, 80% of businesses fail in the first year. You know, it's funny. I always hear that. I'm like, I just never even thought about that because I couldn't, you know, I was like, and I feel weirdly fortunate that I didn't need a lot of money to live every month because I had already trained myself to live on such a small amount of money that. I went okay i need i had five thousand dollars in the bank saved up from loan money that i had taken out before i graduated i was like i'm going to take out the loan money and i'm going to go for it Mm -hmm. with my business and so i had this money and was for me was two months of living money you know all i needed was twenty five hundred dollars a month to live and I was like, okay, if I can just get enough clients to give me enough money to get me like one month at a time in advance. Right. And it worked, you know? And so I felt I don't recommend that people do that if, you know, especially if they have a high income, you don't just take the leap and go like, hopefully it'll work out.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you, you know, that's to definitely strategize. Smart.
1: Yes. Yes. Definitely have a transitional plan. But for me, it was, I decided I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to see what I can get created. And if it doesn't work, I can always go get a job you know yeah. and so I, w- I went that route and i'm so glad i did because i was all in and i was in- inspired and i was hustling know, i was like i just need one client you know like one yeah. client.
0: that's how i feel with this yeah. podcast i'm like i just need that one client that's just gonna help me take it from here to here
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah totally and so and it, podcasts, it works that way
0: yeah it does sometimes it does you just you know you meet the right person and they're like okay you know and then next thing you know you're everywhere people know who you are your business is booming and you have have to like put a cap on what you can do right now because you have so much to work with now yeah
1: yeah well what you're talking about is manifestation right so i teach a three step manifestation formula it's super simple so step one you got to know what you want be very clear about it step two take action in the direction and step three let the universe bring you the opportunities and so when you're in action every day building your business, even if it's just an hour a day, let's say it's a side hustle for you, you're in an hour of action day, you're signaling to the universe that you're serious. Yeah. And then it, you keep taking that action and then opportunities can come your way because you're creating opportunities by taking action and being clear and energetically aligned that you're like, I'm dedicated, I'm inspired, I'm committed, I'm going all in. Okay, let's see how long it takes me. I don't know, but I'm opening the door for opportunities. And then it's so cool because- that's what I did. And along the way people would come to me because they were seeing me be consistent. Like from day one, when I started my episode, I never missed a week. The only week intentionally I, and I told people like, Hey, I'm going to unplug for Thanksgiving. That was it. You know, like that first year, I think the only episode I didn't do was Thanksgiving week. Even when I was sick, I showed up. I just feel like, Hey guys, sorry, Mike, you know, voice sounds raspy. I'm (laughs) sick, but I'm here for you. And I was consistent and so, you know, that signaled to my people and to the universe, like, she's serious. She wants this. Let's, let's bring her some gifts.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the best thing you can do for your business is to show up every single day. Because as I learned in Adam's class, you want to be a part of everybody's routine. You yeah. want to do everything. I have like a, she's not a coach. She's somebody that I literally just met. One of the people that I interviewed introduced me to her. She's got like 35,000 followers on LinkedIn. And I'm like, how'd you do that? And she's like, I show up every day. So every day I post at 9 a.m. I do it every single day, the same yep. time. I have my stuff ready from the night before. I drop it down. And that's how people know, okay, while I'm brushing my teeth and getting ready for work, she's going to be dropping this and I'm going to be listening to it. And it's, yeah. just, it's just so crazy, but it works. Totally. The funny thing is, I can't seem to get that in my work-life balance. <laughs> that's what I'm trying <laughs> to do right yeah. now. Yeah. work is not so it's it's kind of sporadic sometimes. So let me start with my question. Yeah. When you first started the business, what was your first step to saying, okay, this is my program. This is what I'm going to create. What was that like?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And I hear you. It I think a lot of people are in that situation where especially if you have a comfortable income and you have a job that you don't hate, <laughs> you know, like be like, I like my job. Well, and... I didn't say all
0: of that, Amanda.
1: <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, it's like people, a lot of times they're like, My job is okay, you know, and I get a comfortable income. And so it's like there's there's gotta be enough pain to take action or there's a choice to take action, but usually we don't make the choice to take action unless there's enough pain. Yeah. Right. Like comfort creates numbness. You know, I tell people it's the curse of the comfort zone because when you're too comfortable, change doesn't happen, you're too supported, right? So you gotta create a reason and and something that can initiate that is to get really clear with your why. And I know you have a solid why. So it's about then time strategies where you go, okay, like how am I gonna batch this and do this? And then what's my step to really start making money? And the trick there is that you've got to create a package or a program that is clear and gets really powerful results. Mm-hmm. And, and usually I'd say on the higher ticket end, and high ticket can be anywhere from a 1,000 to 10,000. You know, it doesn't have to be like, I think people sometimes when they hear high ticket, they're like, they don't know what that means. You know, so if you're selling things at $97, it's gonna take you a long time to replace your income, right? Yeah. And you gotta have a massive community at that rate. And so you've gotta think, when I stepped in, I went, okay, what are the things that are the most important? And I want everyone to think this way. Fastest path to cash, easiest path to cash, most fun path to cash, right? And so what we do when we start businesses is often we get really overwhelmed by all the moving parts instead of thinking what's the fastest, easiest path. And I'll give you an example. When I started, I went to a ton of networking events and I just had coffee shop dates with people. Like I didn't even have a website. It was in development and it existed. I didn't send anyone to it. I didn't have landing pages or opt-ins or any of that stuff. I barely had a business card, but I never gave it out because I learned it's better to get their card and follow up. Because if you give them your card and you expect for them to follow up with you, they might not. And exactly. so you want to be really powerful with the follow-up. And so for me, I'd go to networking events. I'd talk to people when they'd come over and talk to me like, hey, let's have a coffee and chat about what you have going on. I'd chat with them. And I would not book anything else on the schedule for that entire day except for that coffee shop talk. And that mm-hmm. my goal in that was like, I'm going to help this person have such a big breakthrough that they ask me to work with me instead of me having to tell them what my package was. Mm-hmm. And And it worked. Every time I had like a hundred percent success rate and I would create a package on the fly. Like I'd just feel like, Oh, it sounds like you need this. And then after a few of those, I started to come together with an idea of a package. And then I would, you know, I typed it out on a one page thing, with just a couple bullet points. And that's all. And you know, here's the reason why people don't give a crap about your credentials. They care if you can help them transform real time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's all they care about. That's all I care about. If someone can show me that they can get me a result right away, game on, right? And then you build that good rapport over that coffee yeah. break. Exactly. And so I'd have people asking by the end, what, how do I work with you? And then I would just be like, oh, here's how. And then you say it. And then it was fun because I, would, I had one stacked, you know, back to back two days in a row. And the first one I charged a certain amount. And then she said, you need to double your rate. And I was already charging pretty high. It was 2,500 and I was like, seriously double it. I went home. I knew I had this meeting the next day and I was like, am I really going to double it? And I just decided I sat with it all night and I thought, I don't know, I'm just going to kind of decide on the fly how it feels. And this guy and I had a three hour conversation and he was having so many epiphanies and he was just like blown away. And it, and he said, okay, you know, how, what does it take to work with you? And I said, well, it's $5,000. It just like came out of my mouth before I could even think about <laughs> it. And you're like, and you said it and you were like, I totally really i was like it's five thousand dollars in the back of my mind i'm like did i just say that holy shit <laughs> and, and oh god oh god is he gonna accept that right and he just was like awesome wrote me a check on the spot yeah it was amazing and you know and so it's like this is this is the thing though you've got to be confident in what you're delivering yeah that's true confidence sells people want they're buying your confidence because everybody wants that right yeah that, and so that, that was it. And so I think people overthink, they go, I've got to do all this tech stuff. And even this, I mean, you think about one aspect of a business, how much can go into it, but we're focusing on the wrong things often.
0: I think so too. And I think um, just like what you said, when you started out, you started doing your own research. You started listening to podcasts and, and you, weren't, you weren't even thinking about doing a podcast for your business at that time, were you?
1: not at all. But then by
0: the time you got your program up, you was like, I can totally do a podcast about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I'll say this, it came from inspiration. Like I was inspired because podcast had helped me so much. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what a cool thing that people are doing this for free. They're helping me for free. I'm transforming my life for free. And I was like, I want to get back like that. And when I started my podcast, I didn't know anything about the technical or any of that stuff. And I just went all from my heart and all from inspiration. And it grew rapidly. You know, it's in 55 countries today. The podcast I have that's been a rebrand is if top 5% globally, like it's a, it's a great podcast because I care, Yeah. you know, like the whole thing is based on inspiration. Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm learning as I go ways to make it better with SEO and naming and all those things and making it easier to grow and, it starts first with your inspiration. It's And I always, you know, in my world, I teach getting into your zone of manifestation, which is you loving what you do, being inspired to do it, taking inspired automatic action. And you don't even feel afraid because you go, I'll figure it out because I'm so inspired to do this. And when you come from that place, you're a money magnet. You turn oh, into so a money magnet.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and what I've noticed too, you know, of course we had this pandemic going on. A lot of people started so many businesses doing COVID and I'm not sure if it was because they were forced to sit still for a moment. They already had these creative ideas and it just didn't have time and COVID forced them to sit down and just really like focus on different ways to make money because, you know, everyone's money and everyone's job was like uh, in jeopardy at that time because some people were being let go. And so- When did you started yours?
1: My first full-time year was 2019. So I graduated. Yeah, right before the year before it started like in the middle of that. And I don't know how this happened. I, I think one of the beautiful gifts of learning all the things that I've learned in the last years is that I... I get connected with source, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) And I'll get like, I think of it as like downloads where it's like, I'll get information and I'm just like, okay, this is the next step. I don't know why, but okay. So for example, I was doing all my coaching in person. And before COVID happened, I got this, like one day I was meditating and I had this like inspiration, like you need to move your business online. And I did. And then COVID happened. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) <laughs> you know right. like that was lucky I don't know how that happened but I had I had already stopped doing all my in-person stuff and had moved all my clients online and had started branching out across the nation and internationally and so it was like I don't know how I knew to do that but I, well, I that did a, so that was a smooth I got transition lucky
0: people were even doing therapy online so everything was really online at that point totally the zoom teams I can't even listen to the team's little jingle anymore because <laughs> my little granddaughter she was living with me at the time and they were doing school online. She was in kindergarten and I just hated it. Every time I hear that, I'm like, oh my God, she has a new task. You know, and I'm like, good like God. COVID what drama. I, I am triggered. So even yeah. when I have my own meetings because we use Teams, I'm like, oh my God, I'm rolling my eyes. So yeah. how long were you on food stamps? And then how long did it take you to transition? You know, you said it took you like maybe like a year. But yeah, like, what was that transition like? Like, who was your support system through that transition?
1: Yeah, you know, I would say that I podcasts were my support system in huge ways. Um, Definitely like my dearest friends. And I had a relationship during that time that was like a roller coaster ride. Like we moved in, we moved out, we broke up, we got back is <laughs> the one, you know, it's like the person that I had an affair with was we had. I always think of it as some serious quantum entanglement that we needed to work out. And we had a lot yeah. to learn together. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, like, you know, in parts when we lived together, that was very financially supportive because now I could have a bigger house for the, you know, for, with, for a room with all the kids because, mm-hmm. or, you know, having the kids have their own bedrooms because I, there were many years where I like literally slept on the floor. Like I would pull the mattress out at night and sleep on the living room floor. So my kids could have bedrooms in the subsidized housing places that we lived. And so, you know, there were years of struggle and food stamps and just, you know, worrying about money a lot and working multiple jobs. So I had a research position on top of being a full time, you know, when you're in grad school at a high level institution, you take coursework and you teach and you write your dissertation. So you're doing a lot of stuff. And then on top of that, I had a research job because I was trying to make as much money as I could, you know, just make sure I could make ends meet. And then I took out full student loans as well. So it was like doing everything I could to get by. And so I'd say, you know, in those times, I really started to shift my mindset and I realized I'm the creator of my reality. And it was wild because I just started doing what I was learning and I started saving money little amounts at a time. And I started getting really conscious of the amount of money I was spending. So I had a tracking system on my phone where I would write down every single penny I spent. And I started to notice patterns. And when you do that, I don't care what amount of money you're making, when you start to track you, what you focus on expands. And so you send the signal that you're responsible with money and you create this I would say, a, a more loving, connected relationship with money. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to exponentially grow. So all of a sudden, I noticed I'm hanging out with wealthier people. And now I'm getting invited to different things. And so I'd like literally go to the, uh, the thrift store and buy like the nicest clothes I could buy. No one knew they were from the thrift store, right? Yeah. It's and exactly. I would go to the places and do whatever I could to start talking to wealthy people and hanging out with wealthy people and learning from wealthy people. And it just started, it all started to work. That's good. That's really good. So what is your relationship with money now? Ah, oh, that's it. I love <laughs> that you asked that. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that on a podcast before. Ooh. I love that. <laughs> we'll go. No, <laughs> <mean>. <laughs> That's a rock star question. You know, I would say it's growing. It's always growing and always changing. I'm in the process of writing a book right now called I Am a Money Magnet. It's one of my favorite mantras that I use. So I teach mantra-based brain reprogramming and how to write mantras in a way and use them in a way that actually work because you believe it 100% to be true. And so um, I would say it changes all the time. Like at each new level of expansion of myself I run into new unconscious money blocks, right? And so, you know, getting married recently. So I got married a year ago and combining finances and doing all those things like how do you combine finances? What does it bring up? For me, I have a lot of money work or had a lot of money work and still in process with men and money in particular and like right. money and gender and power based on my childhood of being raised as a fundamentalist Christian. And then, you know, sociology in big ways that caused me to have a lot of gender and money beliefs. And so <laughs> those are the things I'd say I work through a lot. And so, when, you know, if you if I said, you know, what's my relationship like to money? It's a, it's a growing love affair.
0: I would say I love that (laughs) a growing love affair.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah, and I learn a lot every day. You know, it's like sometimes things surprise me. I'm like, whoa, I still have that money block, or whoa, I finally broken through that money block,
0: and yeah, it's it's fun. And you know, after our business breakdown, where I was in the hot seat. (laughs) Yes, I. Now you've taught me something. You've taught me how to recognize those money blocks. And so when I'm talking to my husband, I was like, hey, I had homework from Dr. Amanda and I need you to come up with, (laughs) I'm pushing it all off on him. I need you to come up with ways for (laughs) for us to make money at this event. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did he come up with some yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. We're going to try and do t-shirts, booth rentals, ticket sales, sponsors, That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to really just lay it all out on a platform and I have to do that when my world is not so crazy, you know? So when you do your business breakdowns, what is the biggest block that you come across with like all the people that you deal with?
1: (laughs) You know, I would say I was thinking I need to count how many people I've gotten to work with and impact not just just in business breakdown sessions, but across the board. I would say the number one thing, and this, it, it doesn't matter the amount of money doubt, self doubt, like oh. imposter syndrome, self doubt, blocking yourself from your, tr- your, in manifestation, you got to know what you want, but people block themselves from knowing what they want because yeah. they asked for it in the past and didn't get it. So now they have all these unconscious fears around asking for what they want and they think too small. Right. right. And that's a doubt thing. It's a scarcity thing. So I'd say, you know, scarcity in some version, and it's going to look different for different people, but it's, it comes up over and over again. It's like that negative self-comparison. And, you know, for some people, let's say they're highly successful, that negative self-comparison piece shows up as even looking at themselves as a younger age, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. I'm this age and I think I should be to this point. So they're comparing themselves to the future self that they think they should be. And so it's like this lack of presence. And in that lack of presence, they're either future focused on fear, doubt, and security. It's not fast enough, or they're beating themselves up the, from the past or wishing that they were living in the past. it's It's fascinating, you know, And so I, I had this event this weekend. It was really fun, and the guy w- you know, was coaching someone after the event. and and he's like, this other person was like watching. He's like, "How did you come up with that?" <laughs> like, how mm-hmm. did you see <laughs> that so fast?" And it's like, human behavior is human behavior. We're all yeah. the same. We're all the same. It doesn't matter whether you make $5 an hour or a billion dollars an hour. Human behavior is human behavior. We will always live by the pleasure-pain principle, right? So we seek pleasure and avoid pain. And so I can hear when people talk, the language they use and the things they say, I can already know what their unconscious blocks are. And so I'd say the most common ones are self-doubt, even when people pretend that they're confident. Yeah, I totally
0: get that because until you broke me down, I think I was there. I think that's where I was. I was like, well, what if I, you know, and I'm in my head like, well, what if I charge this and like people are like, oh, I'm not gonna come because this is too much. And you know, is then let me just reduce the price and make it like a comfortable price where everybody's comfortable. And then you doctor remanded me, you're a verb now. I love
1: it. Oh, <laughs> I'm loving this episode. Thank you. And then I'm like, you know what? If
0: they can't afford to come to this, then maybe this is just not the event for them. Because right, if I'm gonna have two speakers, I have to pay the venue, I have to pay for the food, I have to pay the speakers. Yeah. And and then I have to come out with the profit. Yeah. So yeah, the ticket price has to be charged accordingly. So yeah, of course it's not going to be something exorbitant, you know. But I mean, well, like, why not? See,
1: <laughs> <doing it> again. <laughs> but that's interesting, right? Because when you listen to yourself, you're like, who s- says who? Like, that's one of my favorite questions to myself. Like when I, cause I'll do it too, right? I'll have when something come out of my mouth and I'll be like, wait a second, stop, reframe that belief right now. You know, yeah. like karate chop that belief. I don't choose to believe that anymore. You know, like says, here, why can't you make an abundant amount of money and make a huge impact at the same time? Right. Which I know is what we talked about. So it's like yeah. playing like in my mind, what that says, and, and you're not alone. Lots of people do this. It's like, we're afraid to be big and bold and exorbitant, right? It's like, we're, bra- we're braggadocious or something, or yeah. we're too big for our britches or whatever we got told when we were kids, instead of just going like, of course I deserve to make a ton of money helping people. And of course, I get to make a huge impact and I get to get paid beautifully and handsomely in exchange for that. Like, why exactly. not?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: you're going to force me to think bigger. Yeah. Think bigger, bigger. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so that's what I'm talking about. It's like that doubt and the scarcity and the like, in some ways, it's I'm not enough. Because if you knew that you were worth billions of dollars, you wouldn't even think twice about charging money for that event and a lot. Yeah, You're like, hey, true. I bring awesome value. Of course, this is worth every penny. And the people who need to be there will up level themselves to get there if they know how important it is. Yeah. Right. That's true. And
0: then, you know, if I have the right people aligned to speak, people follow people. Yes. They will do anything. Just, oh, this person's going to be there. Oh, I'm so there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those and
1: people. <laughs> totally. And what is it always? It's that you see the value in it. Mm-hmm. Right. People will always come up with money for what they value. And interestingly, they will value it more if you charge a little bit of a higher amount. Like think about the events that are free. Often you ignore them. You forget, you're like, oh, it's not that important. Or if it's too low of a price, you don't attend the whole time or you don't pay as much attention. You know, like it doesn't work to give people things for free. Or if you charge too little, they don't take it seriously, which then you don't, you have this whole vibe around the event of not enoughness.
0: Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, When things are expensive, people are like, oh, this must be an event that I should be at because it costs this much. I must be getting
1: this type of value out of it. Insert value type, you know. Exactly. And and of course, you got to know your community. It can't be so high priced that no one can attend. But you don't want it to be on the lower end where people don't value it.
0: Exactly. Because, listen, once people spend their money, they're going to show up.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And then you're going to get great results and then they're going to share it with people. And then remember, like, let's say you charge, don't charge enough and people show up and then they share it, then the people they share it with are going to expect that lower price. And so you're going to keep attracting that same mentality. Exactly. So give me the details on your money blocks profile. Yeah. Ooh, fun. So it outlines the top three money blocks and those three are money is bad, money is scarce, and money causes stress. So after doing money stories with all of my clients, I started to see patterns in everything that they were saying. And just like we're saying, it's human behavior. So their story and their unique story would be different, of course, because they come from different backgrounds and different family configurations, but the beliefs that it caused them to have would be very similar. And so money is bad is going to be something like, it's bad to make a lot of money because it's not spiritual, or I shouldn't charge for this because it was given to me by God, or it's money is the root of all evil, or it's humble to be poor, or like along those lines, that's going to be a money is bad money block. And people with that, when they're operating under this tend to give away way too much and have this feeling of like, I've got to volunteer all the time. I've got to give it away. It, it'd be, and it's so somewhere in there, there's that money block of it's bad to have too much money, or I might turn into a greedy jerk if I have too much money, something along those (laughs) lines. And then money is scarce is this belief that there's never enough. So this one happens to, I see this a lot with entrepreneurs who make a lot of money, but they're always worried that something's going to fall apart. And so they're really stressed about the way they spend and invest money. And they just have this vibe of like constant fear of like, there's never enough. This could also show up as they don't have, they don't make enough time to say, work out and take care of their body and build their business. So they, it's like this either or mentality instead of both and. So that's a money is scarce. And then with money causes stress, this one is this unconscious belief that if you have the pursuit of making money and having money causes stress. So it could be a fear of success. Like if I get really successful, it'll be too much responsibility. I don't want that because they're afraid money causes stress or it could be a belief i got to work really really hard to make money and i don't want to work that hard and so they block themselves from making a lot of money could be that they saw their parents fighting a lot about money or they weren't around a lot because they were making money and so they coded in their brain like i don't want to make a lot of money because then i'll abandon my kids and it won't you know it won't work well and spend. so they avoid looking at their numbers And they go to kind of a confused state about money. And this causes them to have to work too hard because they're not looking at what their highest ROI activities are. And they're not creating a relationship with money. Instead, they're kind of, I would say, scapegoating it onto someone else. And then they can never make easier money. And so they keep this story going that money causes stress.
0: I feel like money causes stress. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I could use it in my life right now. Hence why we're trying to monetize and figure out how we can do all the things to really get this thing to really take off. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like, I don't think it's going to be like a more money, more problems type of situation.
1: Mm-hmm. But it might be. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why it's coming to me, but it keeps coming to me that it's afraid of what you think people will think of you if you have too much money. And especially if you make it in an easy way, that's fun. Does that resonate at all? Yeah, yeah.
0: there's a lot of haters out there. There's a lot of people that don't wanna see you successful, but do you find that in the three structures that some people may fall within all three? Oh yeah,
1: definitely, yeah. Yeah, you could have all three. You might be more predominant in one. And then what will happen is like you'll move through your life and different ones will show up in different ways at different times. Mm. And so you might, you know, you might do the money blocks profile. So if people want to take it, they just go to moneyblocksprofile.com and it's a blocks with an S plural. So moneyblocksprofile.com and they can take a two minute quiz and it'll tell you which type you are and give you a whole bunch of exercises to start to break through. But you'll notice that, yes, like for me, money is bad used to be a huge one, right? Because I was definitely told a lot that money is the root of all evil. And that, you know, it's like, even we see it in movies, like all the, all the movies show wealthy oh, people yeah. as being assholes. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't swear on this. Yeah. <laughs> being jerks, right. Just jerks. You know, it's like, if the woman is rich, she's just mean. Right. Or like a trophy wife or something, or, yeah. you know, a gold digger or, gold and then digger. if it's the men, it's like, they're just corrupt and awful. And you just see it so over, and over again, and right? Yeah. And why we don't ever show the movies of like the amazing people who are funding all of the philanthropic endeavors and funding the libraries and the schools and right. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so true. So it's like we get that downloaded in ourselves a lot. And so subconsciously, it's, it's impossible to turn into what you fear or hate in terms of like you can say, I want to be really wealthy and make a huge difference in the world. But if you subconsciously believe money is bad, I'm going to turn into a bad person. If I make too much money, you're going to block it. right? Right. Because what you're focusing on is that I don't want to become too rich or people will think I'm bad. Similarly, we do it with success. We go like, if I have so much success, now I'll have so much responsibility and it'll be overwhelming instead of going like, how could it be fun and easy?
0: Yeah. I think you just hit the nail on the, on what I was thinking about myself. I would make so much money and it'd be overwhelming for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, but at the same time,
0: even if I make a lot of money or if I you know, God forbid, like I'm manifesting making a lot of money too, by the way. I'm putting it in yes. the mirror, I'm saying it out loud, I'm saying it in my nice. sleep. But when you do all these different things, how do you put it all in perspective? Like for yourself, like with all the things that you have going on with your programs, your home life, how do you balance it all?
1: You know, it's important to always live by your highest values. So I teach values based zone of genius type of living and delegation practices, right? So the way you balance it is you start to make a delegation list and you delegate, automate, or systematize everything away that you don't enjoy. Okay. So I always tell people it's either a joy to do it, which is zone of genius activity and you living in your highest values, or you can't stand it and you resent it and you feel frustrated. Those are things you need to drop, automate, or delegate. Right. right, And an example of this to create, bring balance. So like, for example, this is the first time in my life I have a someone who comes and cleans my house. It is awesome. I'm trying to <laughs> like, listen, it's I, told amazing.
0: My, I told my husband anytime when when we get rich, I'm having a chef come in and I'm having yeah. a, somebody to come in and clean.
1: Yeah. So here's the trick though. Be you, you've got to start shifting those things before because what will happen is you'll think when this happens, I'll do this. When this happens, I'll do this. And 30, 40 years later, this thing has not happened the way you thought it would. And so you never did it. And your attraction point comes from your beingness in the now. Right? So That's start true. questioning yourself, how could I find someone? What, what if you found an apprentice who needed cooking experience and you could pay them way less than like a high level chef, And then it's on their resume and it adds to a win-win situation, right? But so do you see how your mind has got to start getting creative about the fact that you can afford it now instead of thinking, I can't afford it now, I'll afford it when I'm rich. And most people don't get there because they're in poverty consciousness now and poverty consciousness attracts poverty consciousness. Yeah.
0: Or in survival mode.
1: Totally. And I know you're not in survival mode, but it's like, you want to start thinking like, how could I hire a chef right now? How could I have somebody clean my house right now? What if it's a high school kid who needs some extra cash? What, I mean, just start, just like you did with the, um, the event and coming up with ways to make money now come up with ways that you can delegate that makes sense. So that's how I balance it. Like, you know, so when someone's cleaning my house and it takes them five hours of time to clean the house, that's five hours that I freed up for myself. Exactly. Exactly right? And I do this in my business. Every single thing. I have a drop, delegate, automate list. And as fast as I can, I do that because I want to be living every day in a state of joy because that's what's magnetic to money. And that's when your money gets to exponentially grow because I wake up in the morning and I can't wait to do what I'm doing. It's not like, oh, got to do this, got to do that. That's a resistance energy.
0: Yeah, I agree. And listen, I have used Molly Maid's on couple of occasions. So I have no problem dropping a dime for somebody to come in and clean. It's that chef part that my husband is like, absolutely not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So then you go like, maybe you could get like, I know they have like the prepped meals or, or maybe it's something where you start going like, I'm going to meal prep for a few hours a, a week to make that optimized in a different way. So just get creative, you know, everyone listening. It's like, I think we often go to fear of delegation costing us money. And in reality, it will make you money. If you That's do it true.
0: Right. or create your own cleaning business and then,
1: yeah, you know, right. and
0: have your totally. team come and clean your house and then,
1: yeah, you know, yeah, you never I mean, know. There are so many ways to come up with effective strategies that let you balance your life in a more effective way. And so, you know, going back to your question, how do you balance it all? And how, it, really, what you're asking is how do you create time, right? The way right. I create time is by always doing what I love and living in my highest values. So as much as you can link your highest values, you become a master of your time and your time, it's almost like you expand time because what you're doing is so much more effective because you, you notice when you're doing something you don't enjoy doing, it takes forever. That's true, yes. Right, because yes. you can't stand doing it. <laughs> yes, and it's so monotonous and you just do yeah. the same
0: thing over and over and you're like, oh, yes. get me out of here. Yes, yeah, so you wanna delegate that step away. So is that work-life balance something that you teach in your program structure?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like my thing is always about, you know, when I'm helping people get into their zone of manifestation, we're talking about like optimizing yourself, getting high vibe within your being. So mindset stuff, energy stuff, meditation stuff, journaling. And then business scaling, which is I would never, ever want to help someone create a business where it's a prison for them. (laughs) (laughs) Like the whole point is to create a business that gives you freedom and whatever that freedom looks like. Like for me, I love what I do. So, you know, if you'd gave me a billion dollars right now, a few things would change. Like I'd hire a certain type of social media team. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I have a team right now, but I would amplify it and have it be where like, I don't have to do one single thing other than I love to um, DM with my people. Like I do that all myself because it's my relationship building. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, the, all, yeah, I would, I would, change a few things, but for the most part, my life would look pretty similar because I've created a life and business I love. And so I teach my people to do that through delegation, getting into their zone of genius, learning how to scale effectively. I mean, and it comes down to interesting small things like creating too many programs, right? Mm -hmm. This comes from not enoughness, like thinking I've got to serve everyone and I've got to have so many things. And what it does is decreases your potency and your clarity. And so it takes longer to build a business. You know, so for, especially for someone in your situation, when you're doing it as a side hustle, you got to be laser focused on a few things that really bring results. Otherwise, you're going to feel drained and overwhelmed.
0: That's true. And so I'm going to ask you a protection question because with me and this podcast doing uh, survival to success stories, I actually feel some of the pain that people are projecting because they want to free themselves. In your line of work, when you are helping people, I'm sure you've seen people on different ends of the spectrum. How do you really protect yourself from being personally affected by their story in
1: order to help them? Yeah, it's such a great question. And I, you know, I have worked with a wide variety of people. My dissertation research was with incarcerated men. And wow, like I did that life history interviews with incarcerated men who had been incarcerated for 18 years on average and gang involved. And I studied their trauma across their life course and during prison. And it was intense. And at the time, I really didn't have the tools. I didn't know how to protect myself. And so I would, you know, in the interview process, I would be like solidly there. And they would cry to me and tell me like things that were just like movie level horrifying that you just can't believe that people went through and then things that they would do. And then, you know, so then on the way home, I would start like integrating what had happened. And then I would like get home and just like, be a wreck, you know? Yeah. Like, cry and just feel so overloaded. And like, how do I help? I mean, it was like so many things. And the more and more I've learned about to me, where, you know, I can't save anyone, it's their job to save themselves. I can give people the tools to mm-hmm. help themselves. But ultimately, the best thing I can do is be a, a solid, stable, grounded, poised force in their lives to teach them how to rescue themselves. And so for me, that feeling before was a lot about thinking I needed to rescue people. And right. in a lot of ways, it was because I was feeling victimized and I wanted someone else to rescue me. So often when you feel very victimized, it's because you're blaming the outer world. When you start to take ownership for that you're the creator of your reality and you take radical responsibility, you stop blaming other people and then you can rescue yourselves. And yeah. so it's a lot easier for me now. Like, of course, I empathize with people a lot. And there's like a layer of, for me, automatic protection and knowing, hey, if I cry with you about your victim's story, I'm just reinforcing it, right? The last thing I want to do is reinforce your victim story. What I want to do is help you get empowered to surpass and expand and recognize your power within that we all have. Right. And so it's gotten a lot easier in those ways. Yeah.
0: That is... I love that you have an answer for everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that just speaks to how awesome you are in your field. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I love Q&A. I think sometimes like, it freaks people out. Obviously, I've been on a lot of podcasts, so it's like, I love doing this. But I was talking to someone uh, talking about their newer speakers, and they're like, I get a little scared during the Q&A. I'm like, oh my God, I love Q&A. I could do it all day long because... It's like that's the best teachable moments. Right. And that's where I get to really tap into your heart and the audience's heart and go like, oh, what do you need to hear? And, you know, let's let's help. Let's transform. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. So when
0: you um when you spoke to your kids about your journey, how did they receive all that? how long do we have (laughs) (laughs) are they still are they still triggered (laughs) Traumatized? no no
1: but it was a long journey um I mean yes they are I, I could say both right they're like empowered humans and divorce is challenging definitely when your mom has an affair very challenging um the relationship they have with their dad and me challenging like all of it right so it's like I'm very very close with my kids and like I don't I I I think divorce is interesting because I don't ever think that any, you know, quote unquote mistakes happen because I think we always learn and we're always growing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can't learn without hard things happening. And so, you know, when they were, this was 10 years ago, you know, so it's like they were a lot younger when Mm -hmm. all this happened. And so of course they integrated it at their own level of awareness at the time. And I have, dramatically changed in the last 10 years. And so, you know, I'd say when I had an affair, I 100% blamed their dad. Like I thought I was hundred percent justified. I felt very resentful about our marriage and things that happened in our marriage and, you know, like leaving school and being a stay at home mom. And just, there were so many things that I was just like resentful and suicidally depressed by the end of our relationship And so, you know, that period of time for me was like this liberation from all of that. And so at the time that it happened, I felt very justified. And then as I learned over the years and started doing a lot of deep personal work and then interpersonal work, I was like, oh, I can own my part here. Yeah, (laughs) There's never a one-sided story ever. You know, it's always co-created. And so things have changed so much. And I think, you know, that shifting through time with my kids has been them learning to be powerful sources of responsibility within themselves Mm -hmm. and to see the benefits and drawbacks of everything instead of playing a one-sided story and making up a lot in your mind about the way things are.
0: Yeah. So when you were coming to terms with your part in the breakdown of the marriage and your choices and owning all your stuff, was there
1: shame? You know, I would say at first for sure. Yeah. I didn't share that with anybody for quite a while. I mean, the food stamps part and the fair part, like I remember I used to like turn red when I'd talk about it and sweat. Like I remember the first few times I shared it on like a podcast setting. I was like, oh my God, I'm saying this. And I'd get like a little freaked out internally, you know, and <laughs> definitely I would say the poverty part was way harder for me. Like I was very nervous really? about my financial situation. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, you know, the affair part was interesting because the person and I were together for something and we were in grad school together. And so people knew us, you know, and like, I didn't know how it would affect his reality for people to know that we had had an affair. It was complicated, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I didn't share that right away. And as I did, it felt so liberating. And you know what I think the most amazing part has been, and this is for everybody listening, whatever you're ashamed about, when you shine a light on it, you can up level your energy. And what you'll notice is when you share it, you will have people coming to you saying, thank you for sharing. I can't tell you how many clients I've gotten from saying those things because they're like, I feel safe with you to share my dark stuff that I Mm -hmm. don't really want anyone to see because we all have it. Yeah, we do.
0: We all have it. And listen, this is a judgment-free zone because I always say every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And we only have one judge and it's not us. It's not us at all. Before we close, what advice do you have for women who want to go from, let's say, food stamps or financial downfall to financial freedom, but they have these blocks?
1: Yeah. You know, first thing, you've got to realize this. And I teach this. This is my whole business is structured by this. You are the creator of your reality. So, so think of it this way. Your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So so think of this. Really get this. Your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. If you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you've got to change what's within. So if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, money, crappy relationships, yep. you've got to change what's within yourself, right? It's a reflection. You're the creator. And so stop making up stories and blaming other people and take radical responsibility. Remember in the beginning, I said that's what NFA is all about, radical responsibility for your life and for your outcomes and know that you're the creator of your reality instead of blaming your parents, blaming your husband, blaming your kids, blaming COVID, blaming your job, whatever it is Mm -hmm. you're blaming, you lose all your power when you blame something outside of you. And so to radically transform your life, you've got to own your subconscious stories. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) I really agree with that. I love that. That is sage advice sage advice so where can people find you on your social handles
1: all my handles are nfa money so i hang out the most on instagram i have a youtube channel at nfa money my podcast is the woman entrepreneur podcast and of course if you go hang out on instagram you'll find all the stuff there for that um and i have a book as i said coming out Yay! It's so exciting. So, if people want to order it, just go to I am a money book.com. I am a money magnet book.com. I'm so incredibly excited about this book. I can't believe I've taken this long to write a book because <laughs> I've read thousands of books and I love books I and love I'm like quotes. Oh, I know. So, I'm so excited about it. It's like it's way more in depth than I thought it was going to be. I was okay. thinking I'm going to do like this quick kind of like 30 mantras, and I am like, I'm going very in depth that like sharing my story, but then giving you a guidebook about, you know, how to use the NFA money formula and why mantras are so powerful and how to journal to get results. And so it's like a 30 day guidebook. Oh, that's great. Manifest. Yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. When is it going to be out? So people can pre-order. I don't know when this is going to be released, but it'll be published on December 19th of 2022. But if this goes out before that, they can pre-order it and then opt in to win a whole bunch of prizes with me and come to the launch party and all that kind of stuff.
0: So Man, it's available so
1: now for pre-order and then it'll be published on Amazon on December 19th. Okay.
0: Well, I'll have to check it out because I am, listen, I'm manifesting it by this time next year. We're going to do another one of these. Oh, and, yeah. uh I'm going to be in a different financial structure. I'm going to be all bougie. My nose is going to be in the air, honey. Pinky's
1: going <laughs> to be out. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to hear about your chef that you hire.
0: <laughs> no, you know, I I don't want a, a chef for every day, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, like if I'm having couples come over, I'd rather yeah. spend time with my guests than be cooking.
1: Yeah, totally. You know, oh, And so how fun is that? Like here is a stretch for you that would be fun. And everyone here, something that you're daydreaming about, what's like some element of it that you can create right now? You know, like I had someone say to me like, oh, I've always wanted to have a Tesla. I'm like, go rent one. Go get one for a day. That's true. It's not that much money. Like have one party and get it catered and see how it feels.
0: Well, since my son has just graduated yes, from exactly. culinary school, I was thinking I that. Like, hey, buddy, get your butt over here and totally. kind of cater my girls night.
1: Yeah, that would be amazing. And pay him so you can have a win-win. And then you'll get to Absolutely. have the experience and the feeling. And what that does is it starts up leveling your vibe and knowing it's possible. And then you can attract it more easily and more quickly. So it's actually... We make it so complicated and it's very easy. So just do do an element of the thing, right? So it's like, okay, well, you maybe you can't afford a Tesla yet. And I don't like to reinforce the words can't afford. Let's say you haven't decided to invest in a Tesla yet, but you really want one. Go, there go. get one for the day. Get one for the weekend and drive around all weekend and play with it and see how it feels. It's not well, that expensive. Well, I can tell you,
0: I can attest. I spent two hours at the dealership looking over a Tesla and it's the one with the butterfly doors that come yeah. up. Yeah, they are awesome. Yeah. And, and you would save a ton of gas with those. Lights. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. yeah and so, and so they're beautiful. Yeah. So you manifest by tapping into the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So part of the feeling of the wish fulfilled is driving it around for the weekend. And then you just imagine yourself in it all the time. And you, and then it somehow it manifests. You don't even need to know how it's going to. Oh, you yeah. Just Start taking steps in the direction. I'm manifesting that because that thing, you
0: can have it pick you up at the door. I'm like, what? Yeah, I know. So yeah. So remember I told you I spent two hours at the dealership, so I know everything about it. There you go. All I need to do is just pick the color and my package and put the card down and yeah, it's mine, but
1: uh, I love it. Not
0: yet. I'll have to definitely get into more coaching and all that different stuff in order yes. to afford
1: it. But we're yes. manifesting
0: that. We're putting I it know
1: out. <laughs> I'm manifesting you to come hang out with me in my group because you need to be there.
0: <laughs> like, I like, you know what? I'm yes. going to be there. I just need to clear yes. some things off my plate right now. Work is nuts and trying to yes. balance the work, yeah. marriage, children. Yeah. And podcast life—it's just been yeah. crazy. So once I get that all squared out, and it's not—we're gonna, We're be gonna create because,
1: that for you. Yeah, yes, it's not yes. gonna be
0: too far now because I have things that I have in my head that I'm going to be doing on my Christmas break. So I have like yeah. two weeks left of vacation, and then we have yeah. like one week automatically for shutdown.
1: Oh, nice.
0: So I'll I'll have some time to like really just get my stuff together.
1: Yeah, and- I, that's so. great. A reset is especially at that time of year. It's very powerful tool. I'm going on a retreat with my best friends. We're going to um, oh my gosh, I keep forgetting Sedona. Um, oh, I know I'm so excited. We have this yeah. lovely house that has a koi pond in it, and we're gonna oh. go journal and meditate and Don't plan for them, the year. Though. I know we won't.,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Amanda. It was so nice to chat with you today, you know, thank yes. you so much for uh, saying yes to my invitation.,
1: oh, thank you so much. It was pure joy to be with you.
0: Oh, yeah. And I'm so glad that you've created such a good platform for, I mean, not just women, because your platform isn't just for women. It's for everyone, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad that you created that so everyone can have financial freedom because that is so important, especially where we're going to this cashless society, cryptocurrency is a thing. You know, everyone's going to be ready. Thanks to you. Yes. Thank you. All right. So until next time, uh, we will talk soon. for joining this episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Hopefully you found it to be inspiring and you've received great information you can use in your daily life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please show your sister some love by subscribing on Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to rate and review. We're on Instagram at Sisters underscore 2020 and check out our YouTube page. If you would like to continue the conversation, join our Save Our Sisters group on Facebook. Until next time, sis, and remember to love yourself.